0: it's the hole in my heart podcast with Matt and Lori Krieg special guest today Marvin Williams and they're talking about pillar practices now here's Lori
1: hey welcome back to the hole in my heart podcast I am Lori Krieg here with my husband, Matt, and we do not have producer Steve here, so get out your your tears right now, but then start laughing because we do have Pastor Marvin Williams here with us.
2: What's up, Lori? How are you?
1: Hey, great. So glad you're here. Pastor Marvin Williams, he is the lead pastor of Trinity Church in East Lansing, Michigan. He also writes for Our Daily Bread where we are actually recording today. So we are offsite or uh, I, I don't know where I don't know how you say that in podcast world uh, but we're at a on different
0: location site. we're on yes <laughs> on location
1: since I mean this is where you write I've written That's- for them as well and so we're super glad to be here so thanks so much um, hey, so we are actually going to start off with our question of the week from last week, and we filled Ma- Pastor Marvin in. Can I just call you Marvin?
2: Yeah, that's fine. All
1: right, I'll, I'll, I filled just him in. Just don't call me
2: late for dinner. Just so. not
1: late for dinner. I
2: know that's corny. I know that's corny. So. <laughs> but
1: true, though. I mean, we were talking about that earlier today. Are you someone who can skip meals? And you're like, no problem.
2: Yeah, I, I can do what? that. I, I, well, I, I kind of do this thing called intermittent fasting, so I don't start eating until one o'clock. Seriously? I don't start eating until 1 o'clock.
1: Every day of your life?
2: Every day of my life. When did you start that? Well, not every day of my life. I mean, it's been probably for the last month.
1: That's incredible. Okay, maybe we'll get into that, hmm. because I love hearing th- some of those pillar practices. We talked last week with Pastor Dave Beelan and we asked him who his pillar people were. And we asked him some of those, like, what are the practices that just get you closer to Jesus? And so part of his was fasting, too. So I like hearing that. Okay, <laughs> anyway, our question of the week from last week was... What is your favorite Psalm currently? Like, what is one that just your heart kind of like resets at? Is there one going on for you? Go ahead. Yeah, Barbara.
2: probably Psalm ninety three is um, is one of my favorites, and and it just talks about the uh, God being King, hmm. and um, and how He is King over the chaos and over the waters. And yeah. I have three teenagers, so I need <laughs> Him to be King over chaos. And uh, so so that's that's one that I'm kind of living with right now.
1: Oh, that's great. I need to check that one out again. How about you, Matt?
0: Um, Well, mine has has been for a long time Psalm 32 because that was the psalm that after I came out and came clean to you about my uh, struggle with pornography, that that was like three days in, a very uplifting psalm for for me to hear where god is saying you know what joy for those whose transgression is forgiven in whose heart is no deceit Mm. Um, and that was the first time in my life that i really got to experience that so
1: love it love 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 it and i am happy to um share mine right now and this has actually been one since we started this ministry and i think even when we first got married psalm Mm -hmm. 112 has always stood out to me and the part of it that is really standing out now is uh those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. And so I just, I love that. So I'm like, I don't have to fear bad news. I don't have to fear what's coming. And I can be confident and fearless. So that's one that I love. So now here's the part of the show where we take a vacation from our problems and we go to Goofball Island. <laughs> All right, still love it. We're not bored of that sound yet, so we're gonna keep playing it. Thanks, Steve. Uh, We'll keep telling him that. So what we're gonna talk about today is actually household chores. What are some household chores that you do that you kinda secretly like? One of the ones that you kinda like and some of them that maybe you're like, I just cannot stand it. Um, And I can start, I actually don't mind like cleaning the bathrooms, and seriously, I don't mind cleaning most of the house. Uh, I just put in a podcast podcast there you go (laughs) self-promoting and i just listen and i matt like takes the kids or or something and then it's kind of like a little vacation in itself a chore i don't like doing is shutting anything um (laughs) like any cupboard at all. <laughs> Ever. Uh, so I grew up with 11 siblings, right? So you open up a cupboard, and then let's say you close it. It's going to be open in like three seconds, so you just learn never shut anything. I think the worst time this happened was like when we were first married. Matt didn't know this precious part about me, and uh, I I just like half closed a peanut butter lid, and so he reaches in for the peanut butter, and it drops the whole thing in the dog's water. I don't oh. know why he was so mad. <laughs> All right, how about you guys?
0: (laughs) I've learned not to grab anything by the lid ever,
1: (laughs) because ninety
0: percent of the time it is only like a quarter turned shut.
1: That's how I destroyed my phone. Didn't shut a water bottle. You'd think I'd learn, but I don't.
2: So yeah. Well, for me, um, I secretly love washing, drying, and folding clothes. Really? Yes, yes. <gasps> my wife like. says that it's sexy and so anything <laughs> that is going to make her feel like that I'm more sexy, I will do that. So <laughs> um, so I, I really do. I, I love uh, folding and I think that's, I love seeing the finished product. There you mm-hmm. go. And uh, clothes being stacked up all over the yeah. living room, that, that just, that thrills me and not only does it thrill me, it seems to thrill my wife as well. Hey, (laughs)
0: that's awesome. Other other end of the spectrum, is there one that you're just like, wow, don't make me do that one? Yeah, Yeah,
2: you know, I do not like Taking out the garbage. Mm. Um, I, the reason is because I have to go through the entire house yep. and empty every single garbage can yep. into the larger garbage can, and yep. then I have to try to beat the garbage man to the curb. My wife tells me, <laughs> "Can you do it the day before?" I say, "No, I can do it. Don't worry, I can do it the next day." Every time, and every single time, I am chasing the garbage. Can you imagine <laughs> seven thirty in the morning, me chasing the garbage man down the you know through the subdivision, trying to get our garbage to uh, get get, my, get our garbage to him. So, oh, so that's man. the one I hate. I, I don't like that one at it, Very at all. Nice.
1: We have done that so many times. We just I give feel our bad. our garbage man like this look of like sorry, and he like backs it up, and he's so <laughs> graceful. And then we need to give him like a really great Christmas present. because yeah.
0: <laughs> so He nice. he needs he needs some Starbucks at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. How are about you, Matt? You um, I've I've got some weird ones. One I and I love mowing the lawn. Um, it's like a an hour long kind of walk in behind a, you know, the lawnmower, just release, where I can not even listen to music or anything, but it's just no noise other than the, the engine going. Uh,
2: okay, I live at 5339 Blueberry Lane <laughs> yeah. in Haslett, Michigan, so anytime you want to mow the lawn, please come.
1: <laughs> Seriously. How,
2: how big of a yard do you have? Uh, we, we have about an acre and a half footprint, so... Okay, uh, that's a little bit bigger than, <laughs> than the one that we've got. No, but you love it, right?
1: Yeah. You, you love You're it. You're gifting him with an acre exactly.
0: and a half. And a half that (laughs) see that would be like a good three hours with our little (laughs) with our little push lawnmower yeah the other one and laurie can attest to this is loading the dishwasher it this might not be something that i love but i i have an ocd tendency to need to do it right Mm -hmm. and other other people in the podcast do Me? not do it right i don't Aww. well I've, I've never seen marvin load the dishwasher so i wouldn't know <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things that there's it's like playing tetris it's there's always more room and so on the other side i i don't like dusting i don't know if there's something about just having to pick things up <laughs> wipe it with a cloth and then like put it back down yeah. it's like nothing seems to be happening and so yeah. I'm just not I'm not into that one. So
1: I get it. I don't like it either. That's probably why our house is so dusty. Anywho, <laughs> we are gonna move it right along to the heart of the matter, and we're so grateful to have Marvin Williams here to talk to him about his heart. Um, so Marvin, first before we do that, just how did you get to know Matt and I? How did you come in this very small room, <laughs> padded walls? <laughs>
2: Well, I had the privilege of um, getting to know you all a couple of years ago when we did a series Um, We we did a a, a, a kind of a a cultural series, Mm -hmm. and one of the issues that we talked about was same-sex attraction and um, dealing with homosexuality and the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. And so we had an opportunity to talk about that on a weekend, and you and Matt and our good friend Bruce, who's in Florida, Mm -hmm. um, who had lived a homosexual life for quite some time, and then for the last 12 years, 13 years now, he's been celibate. Uh, we got an opportunity to have a conversation right on our platform mm-hmm. at Trinity Church, and um, and you all. You all were so gracious, very generous and open with your story and your hearts, and um, and I, I just fell in love with with the Kriegs, and so um, mm-hmm. just really, really appreciate what God has done and is doing through you
1: all. Oh, thank you! And just in case you guys want to see that interview, it was a couple years ago, and so some of the pieces of it are a little bit like dated. Like we say things a little differently, but it's still really powerful. I can't. I was just telling Marvin today, like how many pastors say, "So can you do exactly that?" (laughs) We want to have you here. I'll say what he said, and then we'll do that. And it's really, you are an infuser of courage. I think that's a gift that you bring to not just your church, but to the Capital C Church. And I know even in conversations we've had today, like you infuse courage in me.
2: Well, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, well, it's so true. And if you want to uh, meet Pastor Marvin, he's actually going to be at our Caring Well conference on November 11. Tickets are selling quickly, so we'd love for you guys to come. Caringwell.org slash conference is where you can find that out but let's go back to some heart surgery you're in a room with someone who likes to talk deep and a counselor so we're gonna get you <laughs> crying by the end of this no worries um but when you know we talk a lot about need uh, in the in this podcast and we've just talked about like uh, for a question i have for you is when did you first feel or recognize you had need and that god was your need meter
2: yeah, you know, when I when I look back, there are probably a couple of times where I sensed the deepest need in that. Uh, the first one was when I was 12 years old, and uh, my mother and her twin sister uh, began talking to me about my relationship with God. Hmm. And I viewed God as a... Um, you know, if if you get all of your information about God from Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments, then you you're running scared from yes. this God. He, you know, the ground opens up and people right. are people are swallowed. And hmm. like I do not want to be in a relationship with that kind of God. Right. And so, uh, but my mother and aunt they just they kind of sat me down and and talked to me about how much God loved me. Hmm. And um, and at 12 years old, I think I recognized at that point. The great need that I had for uh, for that kind of God hmm. um, and then a second time is when it it, it it I think when I found out my limitations or I became really afraid of losing my faith hmm. and that was when I was in college hmm. and um i you know I had gone through you know the whole process of knowing who Jesus is knowing yeah. you know believing the Bible and then I ran in, ran into an atheist in one of my college courses hmm. and I didn't have an answer for him I did hmm. not have an hmm. answer of how to to defend my faith I had no idea about apologetics and, um, and as a result I I actually start going away from God hmm. almost to the point where I was giving up on my faith and, and I think that's at that point um, I recognize that it is make or break and either I'm gonna place all of my faith in this God and and the things that I don't know about him, hmm. I'm just gonna trust him or I'm gonna actually be lost forever. And wow. so uh, so I think that was one of the those are two moments hmm. uh, that that revealed the greatest need um, hmm. that I had in my heart for God
1: how how does like, you know, we talk about core needs a lot. I don't know if you've, like, read any of that or what we do, but, like, when you picture, you know, we, we so we say we have this God-shaped hole in our heart, and inside of there are these core needs, like, for belonging, mm-hmm. to have worth, all of these things. And so for you, currently, what's, like, one of those core needs that speaks the most loudly? Like, is, like, that is one that I know, like, my need to belong or my need to have purpose or yeah. be desired. Like, which one usually speaks the most loudly, and how does God meet that?
2: Yeah, you know, there there are probably a couple... Um, prob- the, the the biggest one is probably this need to to be appreciated and to hmm. know that um, that I am loved and wanted and yep. desired. Affirmed. Uh, yeah, affirmed would be a great a great word. Yep. And um, and so recognizing that that every that that there are limitations with people trying to meet that need mm. uh, my wife i love her dearly but she cannot meet all my needs my <laughs> yep. children love them dearly but they can't meet all my needs the so people in our congregation they love me and i love them but they can't meet all of my needs yep. and so so when i come up against that limitation yep god shows up the living christ shows <laughs> up and says here is I am here yep. to meet your need, and He asked that question. So, what can I do for you? Yeah. So that's one of the that's one of the major questions that Jesus asked throughout the New Testament. Yeah. What can I do for you, yep. and what do you want me to do for yep. you? Mm-hmm. So it gives me an opportunity to sit with my need and desire before the living, resurrected Christ to say, "This is th- here. It is. I need to be affirmed. Want to be affirmed. Want to be seen. Need to be seen." Yes. And and He comes, and in a supernatural way, He does that.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: Yeah. So I you know kind of a follow up question to that
0: is you know you're the you're the lead pastor at a church and obviously church has issues you know there's things that come up where you're having to deal with uh, you know interpersonal relationship stuff and at at some of these times when maybe you're not even just not being affirmed fully but like people might be not happy with you Mm -hmm. you know what is what does that look like for you to really go to to christ for for him to meet that need is there is there a process that like helps you really center on him or is there i don't know is there as a what's your method
1: the pillar practices Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: that's a that's a that's a really really good question um so so as a pastor i i need to be Always transforming. Mm-hmm. I need to be engaged in spiritual transformation, because as I'm engaged in spiritual transformation, then that will that will actually overflow into the lives of people. Mm-hmm. So so some of the practices, uh, ways in which I I attune to my own needs and desires, and then and then kind of live with that is. Um, you know, I, I do this this practice called the examine, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Ignatius popularized that. He said, "This is if you had to get rid of all prayers and keep one, yep. the daily examine would be the prayer you would want to, that you would want to keep." Yep. And so there's a there's a, a number of ways in which that happens, and these prayers sitting quietly before God, and then looking back over the day and saying, "Where did Jesus show up?" And where did I? Where was I not fully present in a situation? Mm-hmm. And so, so that prayer, the ex, the examine, daily examine, gives me an opportunity to recognize my own limitations, my own yeah. desires, be it good desires or bad desires, where my false self shows up, where my true self shows up, mm-hmm. and to actually live with that in the presence of Jesus and say, okay, I am, I am flawed, I messed up. Here, are my limitations. And inevitably, in a supernatural way, he shows up through the power of the Spirit and he Mm -hmm. says, would you bring that desire to me? Mm -hmm. And would you let me handle that desire would you let me live with you with that need Mm -hmm. and then then I'm affirmed I'm Mm -hmm. affirmed because I am my identity is found in Jesus yep and he says I love you you're my Mm -hmm. son or you know I'm your elder brother you know theologically speaking Uh, and I'm you know you're my son and you don't have to fight for belonging right you don't Mm -hmm. have to fight for affirmation Mm -hmm. you already have it yeah and that's that's when i my shoulders relax yep. i stop gritting my teeth yep. i can actually breathe and stop mm-hmm. holding you know you yes. know when, when when you're fighting you you're holding your breath all the time and you can relax and say okay i am loved totally. and no matter what you say about me yep. you know the one that really matters loves me and affirms me and he invites me in yeah. to this relationship every day so that's those are ways in which yeah. uh, well and shows that's up. and that's a
0: i mean that's a great practice to have because especially today when we have phones and TVs and screens everywhere. Like it's so easy to just spend our time lost and distracted mm. by, by these external things. You know, we, we can fill our time with whatever we want basically. Yeah. And for, for someone like for someone like you, for someone like me, for, for anyone, especially in these times when they're like, man, I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really messed that one up. That's the part where you need to really be honest with that. Because when you get that affirmation as a screw, up, Mm. that's when you really need it. It's not when you're doing great, when you're getting the accolades, then you're like, yeah, I deserve the affirmation. But if you're being affirmed in your vulnerability, it's so much more powerful. Well,
1: if you're affirmed when you're a screw up, to say that is, it's when you are... When you're affirmed, when you're doing well, it's just a gift. It's just like glory to God. So then it's like it's grace from God when you feel it, when you're, quote, screw up. But it's like just praise God when you're not drinking it in for your sustenance when Mm -hmm. you're doing, quote, well.
2: Yeah, and and Jesus is not sitting there when we mess up. He's not sitting there saying he's not sitting there condemning us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's not sitting there saying um, He's not even telling us that we're a screw up. Yeah. Right. He is still saying to us, "You're my son, and you're you're the beloved." And yes. So I think sometimes we use language mm-hmm. that um, that that affirms what we think of ourselves like mm-hmm. you're a screw up and yeah. you know you're a jerk oh, yeah. he jesus doesn't say those kinds of things yeah. and so i think we have to constantly i have to constantly shift my paradigm in terms of the language mm-hmm. i use because he's not calling me that right mm-hmm. he's saying "Lori, you're my daughter mm-hmm. matt you're my son that's marvin it. you're my son that's it and so uh, to me i then i walk out of the presence of christ saying man I, i'm I'm okay. It doesn't matter what you say to me now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so I'm okay. So,
1: Can you talk a little bit more about fasting, if you're willing to go there? Like, why fast? Like, that's not popular, and that's like... Why?
2: So, so let me let me be let me be let me be honest, and then I'll <laughs> okay. so so inter, inter, intermittent fasting. This is not a, a a PR for that. Intermittent fasting is, you know, you eat in eight hour blocks, mm-hmm. and uh, so from one until nine, mm-hmm. um, I don't eat past nine. Okay, and it's it's for health reasons. Oh, okay, um, partially, uh, the doctor said that I needed to lose. Lose some lbs, and uh, (laughs) and then because I want to be seen, I'm I'm being vulnerable now. I needed to lose belly fat. I need to lose belly fat. We told
1: you you would get vulnerable here. (laughs) Thank you. That's
2: right. So so Matt, I need counseling. I need counseling. So so part of it is health reasons, but Mm -hmm. then I use that time between the time I get up and the time I eat as an opportunity to talk to God. Yeah. To um to pray with my wife, Mm -hmm. um or at least to. Uh, she leaves earlier in the mm-hmm. morning, but to use that time to pray for her during that time, mm. Mm. it gives me greater focus when I'm not worried about food. That's that's one of the allegiances that I know that I have, huh. and one of the allegiances mm-hmm. that our American culture has. Oh, absolutely. And so to say, I don't have to worry about eating until one o'clock. Right. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about okay, I have to eat at nine, and you know where are those bagels, and you know mm-hmm. or where's yeah. the you know, I got to go and now get coffee. I, again, it it actually helps me to focus a little bit more on, on those desires and what God is saying to me in the midst, you know, before I get ready to eat. And then at one o'clock, I can actually... I can actually anticipate mm-hmm. enjoying food. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think we eat so much, yep. and again, this is this, please, please do not hear judgment in this. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Sometimes we eat so much, right. That we we cannot enjoy food. Totally, mm-hmm. we and lose so, no
1: mindfulness exactly, at all. Exactly,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we give ourselves a break from it yep. and then re-enter, mm-hmm. then I think we can enjoy the the very sustenance that that God has given us to to nourish our bodies yep. and we can flavor we can taste the food mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, kind of stuffing our face with, with certain things. So it, that's 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 yeah. that's the reason.
1: It literally becomes worship again. It's like the it really same does. sort of conversation we just had, is instead of it just filling, consuming, it's giving me something. It's like this is thank you, God, worship to God for that. Yeah, our,
2: our bellies, as Paul says, become become our God. Yes. And so
1: Okay, you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier when we were just walking in. Uh, just, and I don't know, is this a part of your practice? This whole true self, self, false self. What are some of those questions that you ask yourself? And is that a, a part of your, I guess, just like identity, gospel identity practice?
2: Yeah. So, so when when you're living out of your true self, your true self, it is radical, faithful, uh, radical. Uh, faithfulness to God hmm. and faithfulness to who God has created you to be. Hmm. When you're living out of your false self, you're posing, you're managing an image, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And we can tell when we're doing those kinds of things. Let me give you an example. Uh, uh, last week, a week and a half ago, um, I, I was sitting for a meeting. hmm and um, and I wasn't as prepared for the meeting as I should have been. Yeah. And so mm. we got to the meeting. Um, I just kind of posed in the meeting. I was because I'm a talker. I, <laughs> I I was able to keep up with the conversation. Right. But I could not add anything to the conversation. Mm. What I wanted to add. Mm. But in the in that meeting, I was managing an image. I wanted people, mm. the other people in the meeting to think that I was prepared for the meeting. Yeah. And in, in essence, mm. I wasn't. Mm. And it was. I knew that then I was presenting my false self because I wanted people to think that I had it all together. Yep. And so after the meeting, the Holy Spirit said to me, say, so you need to go back to those individuals who are in the meeting oh, and maybe. apologize to them oh, for not being ready for the meeting. <laughs> and so I was able to go back and say, would you please forgive me for presenting and posing? And I was not as prepared for that meeting as I should have been. So would you please forgive me? Oh,
1: and How'd they receive you?
2: Well, they, they said, you know, it's okay. And they, they, they poured grace over me. Yeah, and yeah and 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 it it was fine, but it it I didn't get I didn't do that. I didn't go back and apologize for them yeah I apologize for me because mm-hmm. I was presenting my false self yeah and I wasn't being true to who God made me to be during that at that moment. Mm-hmm. and we do this all the time.
1: What do you say to people who are like, well, your true self you, you don't really matter, Marvin like you're your self it's you're just supposed to look like. Just Jesus, like I, I get that pushback. Like, how much of it is you, and how much of it, like, just deny yourself? Where's denial of Marvin play in that?
2: Well, you, the if 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 trans, transformation has to be essential. Spiritual transformation, being conformed to the image of Jesus, has to be essential. It's not optional. Mm-hmm. So. So really we're always fighting to look like Jesus. Right. We're always sacrificing and letting the Holy Spirit move in us to to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we take a break. There's no vacation from transformation. <laughs> yeah. I think we would like that. Right. But but it really is this sense of no, every day I have to yield, and I have to sacrifice, and I have to die to self, and I have to go back in a room and say, "I apologize." Right. I have to go back to my wife and say, "Would you please forgive me for not being um, not being fully present in this moment?" Mm-hmm. So I think every day, as we give room and space to the Spirit of God, I think every day is a day for transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. So he just he transforms Marvin not into like robot. Christian Marvin, no, no. but he transform. It's he's still using the raw data that he created.
2: My personality
0: still
1: there. Absolutely,
0: Absolutely. unique individual gifting. Absolutely,
1: because I think that's what people can fear. I remember fearing that. I'm like, but I'm not like every other woman. I think we can mix like stereotypes and make them like gods. Those. That's what we can make our allegiance to. Like male, female, white, black. Like what you are. That's that's who you are. And if you do defer from that at all then that's not Christ likeness.
2: <laughs> yeah, and 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 again our true selves is is, you know, as Matt said, our uniqueness how God has created us. Yep. Our our quirks and yep. and likes and dislikes and those kinds of things. Those are you know that's who we are but but we don't or when we should say no and we say yes. Mm-hmm. That's not our true selves, and and mm-hmm. I think we are afraid to actually say, mm. no, I can't do that, right? And then not give an explanation. What right. well, we have, what I have yeah. a tendency to do, I'm a I'm a yes person sometimes, mm-hmm. and what I have a tendency to do when I say no, I'm thinking, man, I'm hurting. Right. I'm going to hurt Lori's feelings. Right. And so now I have to explain my no.
1: Right, right, right. When you can just say no. Say
2: no. As, if yes, you're around
1: other healthy people, well, and that's I'm generalizing there, but if if people who are affirming you, and they're secure in themselves, and you're secure in yourself, then when you say no, there shouldn't be some sort of explosion.
2: Absolutely. Because
1: your security isn't coming from my my perception of you, and your perception of me, Matt's perception, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I want to go back real quick. Do you ever get mad at the Holy Spirit or God when He's like, "Go back, Marvin. Go back and be humble."
2: Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it took me a while because I said, "Well, I, I don't have to do that," and 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 they didn't see through the mask, right? And so, right. But, but. They did, and, yep. and and I knew they did, right. and um and so yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's like I don't want to do that. That takes humility, and I'm I don't want to be humble right now. Mm-hmm. And so so absolutely.
1: Is there any or what other pillar practices are in place in your life um, <laughs> that you can think of?
2: Silence and solitude. Yeah, it's another. Mm-hmm. Um, just turning off the phone, turning yep. off the TV, just really shutting. Out the outside world so that I can hear God's voice better Um, I was at a retreat uh, a couple of weeks ago and we did four hours of silence and solitude Whoa! it took an hour for me just to calm down totally in order to enter into silence and solitude so so that's another that's another practice that helps a lot
1: it's a little shocking how much you and Dave Beelan are alike. Like you've said paragraphs, and I'm like, I think he said those same ones are <laughs> very similar last time. And silence and solid. Like you guys have some some pillars in place that are speaking to us who are younger than you, but not by much. <laughs> uh, and can, uh, that I really want to implement today. Um, so Pastor Marvin, thank you so much for being on the Hole in My Heart podcast. Uh, I know I learned a lot. I need to like, go think for a while and journal.
0: Yeah.
1: How about you, Matt?
0: <laughs> um, I would love to have some silence to, to, to ponder this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with the girls today. So yeah, You're on
1: dad duty. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, uh,
0: I'm not looking at silence in my near future. So. <laughs>
1: Who is it, Ron Swanson? There is no silence. There is only Doc McStuffins. So, story of our life. Anyway, thanks so much. This has been the Hole in My Heart podcast for all of us here. For Marvin and Matt and Lori and producer Steve, even though he's long, far away, we'll miss him Uh, that is it and thanks so much for listening for how the gospel is good news for everybody every day
2: thanks for listening to the hole in my heart podcast the gospel is good news for everybody every day learn more at himh ministries.com